Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review. Um, today I have Hugh Darvel from Flexera Software and Hugh is all the way down in Melbourne in Australia and I'm very pleased to talk to Hugh to learn more about the Australia and New Zealand market in um, in preparation for our conference in Australia, which is on the 22nd and 23rd of November in Sydney. Uh, welcome, Hugh. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast. Cheers. So um, could you tell me a little bit about you um, and your background? It looks like you've been at Flexera for a little while now. Yeah, I have indeed. I've been with Flexera for six years. Uh, I started uh, with Flexera uh, soon after the acquisition of ManageSoft. Um, I was brought on to manage the partners for the Asia-Pacific region. Um, from there, I uh, started managing uh, the renewals team, what we would term our volume team around our Install Shield and Advent Studio business uh, later on. Uh, started managing someone selling into the mid-market. Uh, from there, I became a major account manager for a couple of years. And then at the start of this year, 2017, I was uh, made the director of sales for Australia and New Zealand. Cool. And could you tell us a bit about the sort of uh, the, the team in, in your region and how that relates to the rest of the world? Sure. So, uh in, uh, in Australia, we have an uh, engineering base which is made up of about 85 to 95 people uh, where we have our engineers, um, our product testing, our Q&A, um, and we have some support staff. Uh, we have our sales team in Melbourne. Uh, we have uh, our consulting team in Melbourne. We have our renewals team in Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, all up in the office, there's about 95 people, including all the engineers. Uh, and um, we have three uh, sales people, which I am one of them. Uh, we have a product specialist for our security products. We've got two pre-sales people, and that makes up the commercial arm. Right, because uh, ManageSoft was, um, engineering was in Australia, if I remember rightly. So that's that's still the old crew there, is it? Yes, a lot of uh, a lot of the old crew and uh, a whole lot more. We continue to invest uh, into the team in Melbourne, and it's always growing. Yeah, cool. Okay, and um, just on your background, had you been in the software market before joining Flexera, or was that is that your first role? Uh, yes, indeed. I, I had, uh, previously worked for a um, organisation that specialised in operational compliance and. Uh, paper replacement type solutions. From there, um, I worked for a Dutch company that did advanced planning and scheduling uh, and then came into Flexera. So uh, I think I've been in the industry about uh, nearly 12 years. Right. Um, and I'd love to get your um, perspective, Hugh, on the Australia and New Zealand market. Um, obviously, you're, you're connected to Flexera 
which has a global presence in the SAM and ITAM market. How does it compare? Yep. I'm sure you're asked this all the time by your Flexera colleagues, but how does the Australia New Zealand market compare in terms of its maturity and its sort of momentum at the moment in terms of uh, compared to the rest of the world? Uh, the Australian New Zealand market, from what I understand, is very mature. Um, and we have some of our biggest and most mature customers in Australia. Um, we have a lot of new customers now in New Zealand, which is great. Uh, compared to the rest of the world, what I understand uh, is that the, the UK uh, really is leading the way and North America and Australia are, are somewhat next right and um what's your if, if you were speaking to 10 prospective flexera customers what are they likely to be motivated by to look at sam in the first place is it uh audits is it saving money is it replacing a tool because they're dissatisfied with it what what's the main motivation for people looking at item at the moment and investigating flexera uh yeah, I think it's it's most of those. Um, when you when you consider, you know, when people get a an audit notice, that is something that is a driver for them to 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 put in a, in a solution. Um, often, we will come in after that that stage as well when someone's been caught out on one thing and they know that they need to clean up the house on a few others, uh, so that they will bring in a solution that makes sense. Um, a lot of it is around saving money. Uh, in general, uh, we, we see a lot of organisations want to knock off a certain percentage off their bottom line. Uh, I know that both uh, two enterprises that we were working with recently that, that purchased our software, one had to save 30% across the board uh, and the other had to save 20%. Uh, and they saw software as a good place to have a, a, an easy win. Uh, easy-ish, uh, and uh, they came to Flexera to to solve that problem. And um, I know that you guys have um, been on the acquisition trail and you're broadening the portfolio. Um, for those that are not familiar, could you just give a bit of background? You've, you've, um, you bought a, um, a security company, Secunia, and created vulnerability manager and then you've got this new open so i call it open source but i'm sure it does a lot more than that in terms of giving you insight into code and i think you call it flexnet code insights to give you insight into Correct. what code you're using could you give an introduction to those two um to those two um products and and how they're sort of being brought into the flexera family sure so it, it does definitely broaden our enterprise story um we obviously have our IT asset management solution and we now have um, software vulnerability management. And these solutions enable the collaboration between IT operations, development, IT uh, security, finance and procurement. So it helps these guys reduce security risk from a commercial, you know, your, your licensing that you're used to talking about every day, um, and the open source piece as well. Um, it improves the efficiency of um, operational, uh, of improves operational efficiency and user satisfaction through another um, another acquisition that we did about five years ago for an application portal. Uh, we help 
the business has reduced risks, which I was talking about before, uh, understand uh, their return on investment from their investments uh, in software, and it also helps organizations monitor and manage their cloud services. Uh, the, the integration between the tools that we have really helps an organization understand the normalized list of assets, and from that normalized list of assets, they can assess those assets for uh, their licensing implications. They can assess them for vulnerabilities. They can also assess them for, for their open source uh, components. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a new move for us to to take on the security products. It's been a couple of years since the acquisition of Sakunia, but it has proved to be a really good uh, really good move, and we I think have broadened our story, and it makes a lot of sense. So talk to me about um, WannaCry because that's almost like for somebody that that offers what you offer, that's almost like a gift, isn't it? Um, for, for, and it's and it's it's raising the profile of vulnerabilities. I'm just curious about how that's gone down and um, and how I'm curious about how it sits within IT asset management because IT asset managers have got a, a role to play in helping raise the awareness of where these devices exist with vulnerabilities. Can you tell us a bit about how that that outbreak has has played out for you? It, WannaCry is incredibly relevant to our solution and we offered a patch to the um, vulnerability that was exploited uh, for WannaCry a couple of months before it happened. Um, in reality, uh, WannaCry is one that got a lot of publicity because it made it, it was a huge headache for a lot of organisations. It wasn't so big in Australia, but obviously it was, it was massive in, in the UK. Um, but uh, there has been many before and there will be many more, unfortunately, and they're a fact of life. Uh, what organisations do need to do is understand that and prepare for that and ensure that their vulnerabilities uh, patched, updated, etc. So how does it play out in terms of the different roles that you're speaking to, though? Because WannaCry is not the responsibility of an IT asset manager. It takes and and Secunia and your vulnerability manager takes you into a different job title, doesn't it? So I'm I'm curious about. I mean, one of the observations I made when I first heard about Secunia is that I absolutely get the strategy. You've got a normalized list of assets, and that's Flexera's bread and butter. And then you're taking that normalized list and you're looking at what are the licensing implications, which is your bread and butter SAM business. Look what are the vulnerabilities using the same normalized list. And what are the open source risks or licensing risks that are embedded in the code? I get that, but yeah. it's th it's potentially three different job titles and three different budgets, isn't it? So 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 how how do you how do you talk to existing SAM based customers about this vulnerability stuff? Are you asking for introductions to the security team, or how does that work? Yeah, so end user end user compute. Um, Security and operations. The IT operations really are responsible for the patching. Uh, there is two sides to the software vulnerability management solution. Uh, in very simple way to put it, if you think about, we have a, a vulnerability intelligence database, uh, which really deep dives into security 
So you can look at all the different levels of uh, vulnerabilities, the scores associated to those, and it gives uh, the information at the fingertips of the security team. But then the security team will advise the operations team to patch those uh, those issues. So we have a, a tool which is built around patching and updating those uh, those vulnerabilities. Um, yes, uh, it, it is a different group that we are talking to, but there is a lot of crossover. So one of the banks that we work with, uh, they have um, you know a hugely regulated environment, and they found out that their security team was one of the biggest users of the FlexNet Manager um, suite in the bank because the security team worked out that the, the SAM team knew what was installed on what device. And that really was a, a powerful thing for them. So uh, this is just a, a, a further step on that process. Right. So the the buyer of FlexNet Manager platform might have been in SAM, but they're, they're sharing data with security. So it's almost a, it's a natural follow-on, isn't it? It is indeed. Yep, and you know when you when you talk about WannaCry being a gift to uh, to software vendors, I don't know how many people you, how many organisations were all over LinkedIn saying that oh we had the answer to this, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's muddied the waters a lot. I think um, a lot of people are sick of being pinged on it every day, but uh, in reality, it's it's a fact and uh, it's something that people that need to overcome are just uh, in the last couple of days in Melbourne, Medicare, one of our, or Medicare, the uh, public uh, health insurance, um, the data on Medicare has been exposed. And the only way that's going to be exposed is through a vulnerability. Uh, it, you hear these stories all the time. Right. And I hear, well, as we're recording this in early July, um, there's another vulnerability sweeping around off the back of WannaCry. I forget the name of it. Yep. But it, but it's it, it, from what I understand. Petya, P-E-T-Y-A. Right, and, and it was <laughs> it, it, ex, exploiting similar vulnerability to WannaCry, hitting the same people that didn't bother at patching it despite WannaCry. So there's yep. there's there's no helping some people. No, no, that's right. So could you um, tell me more about the uh, we, we call it you've called it FlexNet Code Insight. So basically you've acquired a tool that looks into code to identify whether open source components are being used. Again, could you tell, I mean, is that a different buyer and different owner than Sam? And could you tell us a bit more? Because I know it does a lot more than just finding open source. What 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 is it and who are you selling that to? Sure, so... Uh, FlexNet Code Insight um, is another uh, acquisition, as you said, happened uh, in October last year. And what that does uh, from from an from a enterprise point of view, it helps them understand what's in their environment uh, from an open source component and how to uh, bring that under control. So that, that we use the line "get clean and stay clean." So there is a there is a process around understanding the open source and third party components within the environment, um, and then eliminating those if they need to be, or, or looking at the components of those and looking where the risks are, and understanding those from a from an enterprise point of view. Um, if you are shipping code, you need to know what's in it. 
often when an organization uh, produces some code uh, or produces some software and application, about 90% of it will be open source. Uh, and that creates a bit of a headache for um, the legal teams who need to understand if I put the following components together, does that mean that it is licensable and I have to pay uh, money to the people who created that open source, um, that, that, that open source code? And so the legal team like using the solution from an understanding of, okay, we have this much um, open source, so that can go through, that's no problem, but we can't use this, this and this in combination. Or certain open source people, certain people who publish open source code will say, we don't want uh, car manufacturers using our open source or weapons manufacturers or something like that. So all these type of things that legal have got to get their head around. And then from a security point of view, um, if you remember the, the Heartbleed um, uh, bug that was around or virus was around, um, I think it was a couple of years ago now, that was embedded in open source code and uh, that was all being uh, actually distributed by a number of different vendors because they were using that open source component. And so, that, so there's, a, there's a development phase, there's a legal phase and there's a security phase of the solution which help organisations understand their components of open source. So how do you view the competitive market in Australia and New Zealand? Uh, you know, we don't need to mention specific companies, but Flexera does has, have competitors. And although I understand the logic of this normalized list of assets and actually looking at not only licensing, but also vulnerabilities, vulnerabilities and code issues, is that, are they not, you're, you're broadening your reach, but is it not a distraction compared to other competitors that are sort of doubling down and investing purely in SAM. How, how do you view that and what's the competitive landscape for Flexera in your territory? Uh, there is, uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, competitive behavior in, in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and that only validates that we're doing the right thing. Uh, and we, we know that they're there. Uh, we, we come up against competitors a number of times. Uh, but uh, you know, we are confident in our story. We are confident in our enterprise message and it, it rings well to an enterprise. Um, as far as broadening our, um, our scope, yes, indeed, we're broadening our scope because we are, we are providing more value on that. Um, we're not, we haven't taken the foot off the gas in any way on our FlexNet Manager platform. We have more and more headcount for the engineering team to get in there and keep building the, the solution, which is which is a world-class solution. So could you maybe, just as we wrap things up, Hugh, um, could you, let's say that I'm an IT asset manager and I've got FlexNet Manager and I'm doing traditional SAM, you know, license reconciliations and optimization in my position, and you're trying to convince me to look at your... Um, code insight and your vulnerability manager how who should I speak to in my organization to tell them about this and what what sort of elevator pitch would you give them for both of the solutions what what how should I broker these introductions uh, sure so from the open source components uh, the FlexNet uh, code insight empowers the organizations to take, take control and manage open source software and third-party components. It helps the development team, it helps the legal team, 
It helps the security team use and automate a formal open source strategy, which really until now it's, it's somewhat unmapped in so many enterprises. Uh, we but are having conversations with IT. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but is there a particular, I mean, obviously people that are writing a lot of their own software, which which is a lot of companies these days, but is, is there a particular candidate or, or type of company that's, that, that, would, that would suit that? It seems a lot of IT ships uh, are a bit writing any, around code these days. Sure. So any organisation that ships code needs to understand the components of that code. Um, and so you don't want to be known as the organisation that sells, that, that ships uh, something which is going to bring down an enterprise. Uh, so there's that, that component. Um, and uh, so, so it's a legal team as well. So the legal team often have a process around open source and that can be slow and cumbersome to try and work out what the open source components are without automating it. So an organisation will have an IP legal team of some, some kind um, and then the security team, obviously. And, and when you go in, do you speak to the SAM person first and, and go across to legal or do you go in at high level and come back down or how does that work? Uh, there's no one rule. Um, different different organisations with different requirements. Uh, it's great to talk at a high level and help organisations understand you know, what their, how to be aware of vulnerabilities or open source components, how they can prioritise um, the different issues that they have um, and how they can keep up with a an organisation that needs to ship code and an organisation needs to review the code before it goes out the door. It, that is a headache and it's uh, it's something that that we, we talk to a lot. Okay. Um, and this is a bit of a techie question, so forgive me if this is a bit too technical, but when I first looked at these two acquisitions, um, they were obviously separate products. Is is it a view that you have the same agent for all all of these components, or is that is that a working progress? Um, because there is different requirements for the different agents uh, at this stage, they are not the same agent. Uh, but that that is the that is the plan. Yeah, all of the information that you gather within, say, FlexNet Manager, can be imported into a vulnerability solution. Um, out of the box, but uh, you wouldn't push out technically the, the exact same agent. Right. Okay. I guess there's the danger of creating one big super bloated agent, which is not what you want either. Um, one super agent. Exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Every time you mention agent in a meeting, yeah, people shudder. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. What we what we do in nearly every case is try and use what's there. So if there's an existing deployment solution uh, in place, we will use that as a, as a source of data uh, to, to import into the solution and then we'll use our agent to fill gaps. I mean, on, occasionally organisations will specifically want to use our agent for one reason or another um, to address a particular vendor requirement or something, so if they're going for Unix or boxes or something like that, but uh, more often than not, we'll, uh, we'll try and use what's, what's in place and then plug gaps as we need to. Cool. Well, it's been really nice to speak to you, Hugh. Um, we, the the iChain Review team is really excited about coming down to Sydney in November, and thank you for your support uh, of the conference. Um, I'm pleased to report, actually, that as of the start of July, we are well over 
half, if not two thirds full already with uh, five months to go. So it, it's boding very well in terms of a full and, um, and successful conference. So thank you again for your support and thanks for your time this morning, or rather this afternoon. Well, thank you. <laughs> thanks, Martin. The, and to, to say that the similar thing, your, the ITAM review is really well respected in Australia. And uh, as I said, we've got a mature um, SAM uh, environment over here. I think they're, they're in general, people are really excited about it. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it too myself. Cool. Well, it's um, it's ten o'clock in the morning here, so it's about must be about seven o'clock there. So it's definitely a glass of wine, exactly. glass of wine or beer o'clock uh-huh. for you. Uh, thank you very much for your time, buddy. and I look forward to seeing you at the conference. Okay, great. Thank you.